Thank you for listening to the Valley Point Church podcast. We are currently in the series, So Now What? We hope it's a blessing to you. Oh, it's okay to have fun at church, right? You can be seated. It's also good to bob our heads once in a while and thank you to the band. I want to welcome you to Valley Point Church. I'm so thankful that you're here this morning. And I want you to know, church, that you are loved. All right? You are loved. And I hope you know that and you feel that and you understand that. It is quite an honor to be a part of what God is doing through all of us. And we've had a fun month here at Valley Point Church, asking the question, so now what? It's a great question. So now what? We're a church that's under construction. At the end of the year, we hope to move into our new real home. And throughout our three-year journey of moving from where we were in October or March of 2014 to March of 2017 here, we have watched God just provide in some extraordinary ways. So what now? What's next? It's a great question. Well, again, we've had fun throughout the month, and I want to review where we've been. Reviewing is fun, isn't it? All the teachers in the room are like, yeah, we love reviewing, that's great, and the rest of you aren't so sure, but I want to review where we've been because I think it'll be very helpful for all of us just to understand where we're headed. So in week one of our series, we had a guest speaker named Todd McMitchin. He was with us, and he talked to us about a big enough God, and God truly is big enough. He's big enough to meet our current circumstance. And if you were here that week, he challenged us to consider what is bothering us, what is bringing pain into our life right now. We need to know that God is big enough to handle that current circumstance, whatever we're dealing with on a personal level. But we also talked about at a corporate level, as a church, as a faith community, God is big enough to deal with what we're walking through as a church today. But we didn't stop there with big enough God. We kept talking about how God not only is big enough for our current circumstance, but God is also big enough for all of our future dreams and goals. He's big enough. God is big enough for what we're walking through today, and God is certainly big enough for what we will walk through tomorrow. We have a big enough kind of God. In week two of the series, we talked about the gracious hand of God. And that was an FAQ kind of a week where I just laid out all kinds of information about our future home and what it's going to look like and how many square feet are inside and all of those details. I also gave a financial update. If you weren't here for that week where we talked about how the gracious hand of God is with us, I would encourage you Stop at the Just For You table in the lobby. You can pick up all of those FAQs, all of the questions that we asked that day relating to the building and relating to our financial position. They are on that FAQ sheet. You can also go to myrealhome.org, and you can download those FAQs. I would encourage you to regularly check out myrealhome.org because 
We're trying to, every week, give you an update, show you pictures and videos related to construction. So if you want all of the latest information about our progress, myrealhome.org has all of that information for you. Also, in the lobby, there is a display, and you can see pictures of our new home as well as blueprints, and all of that is available for you. So please, pick up those FAQs and stop by and look at the pictures if you have not done so already. It was also on that week that I talked to you about our timeline. And we have talked about being in our new facility on Sunday, December the 3rd of this year. That is our goal, and God willing, we're on time in terms of getting there as of today. And I've encouraged everybody, please be flexible with me because we are under construction and so some things can happen. But right now, it's looking good. And so I want to share a new thing with you, something that you can look forward to every Sunday morning when you come. Everybody has been wondering what's under here, right? Like, you haven't been listening to anything I've been saying at auction. Like, what's underneath there? Well, let me share with you that starting today, we have an official countdown, and we are 36 Sundays away from being in our new home. So every week, we'll kind of tear off another sheet, and we'll march toward this, and we're going to have a lot of fun. And we're doing this 36 weeks. That's not that far, is it? We're doing all of this, and we're talking about details of the building and even giving updates on our financial standing because it paints a picture of how the gracious hand of God is with us. Really remarkable to consider. That was week two. Last week, in week three, there was more of week two. We continued to talk about how the gracious hand of God is still here. But here's what we did. It was a little bit different we kind of took the focus off of the building. Because the building ultimately is just a building. It's just a place, and we'll meet there, and we'll have a lot of fun. But it's just a building. We talked about how in the process of God raising up a new home for us, he's also raising up people. And he's doing a work on the inside. And I shared several different individuals with you who have demonstrated that the gracious hand of God is working in and through them. And as I look out today, I see story after story after story of how God is working through and in you. He's working through us. And this is a demonstration that the gracious hand of God is right here. And we want to step back from all of that and say, only God. Only God. So week one, we talked about big enough God. Week two, the gracious hand of God. Week three, more of week two. Now, that brings us to the final Sunday, and here's our big idea for today, and that is live the map, okay? Go ahead and fill that blank in on your talk sheets there. Live the map. I want to talk to you about the vision map of Valley Point Church, and as we think about what now and what's next and where are we going, I think it is absolutely essential that we go back to our vision map and we once again remember what is it that we're doing and how do we do that and why do we do those things and when will we know we're winning? When will we know that we're succeeding as a church and as a faith community? 
I think it's very important that we consistently go back to what are we doing, how do we do that, why are we doing that, and again, when will we know that we are succeeding? I cannot overstate how valuable it is as we move into our future real home in God willing these 36 weeks, as we take that journey. I cannot overstate how important it is that we review our vision map. Because think about this. All right, this is important, so I want all eyes up here for just a minute. This is important. At some point, our meeting location will change. That's going to happen for us. Again, God willing, in 36 weeks, we actually move from here to there, down Bethel Road. And that's going to be a great day for us. At some point, our meeting location will change, but our vision will not. And so we have to consistently review what in the world are we doing? And why is it that we do those things? And how do we know that we're really succeeding and following the map that God has set for us? So I want to ring the bell of vision today and just bring some clarity to our mission. In order to do that, I want to share with you one verse. And we'll walk through that and unpack a few key words. And I think you'll find that to be encouraging and a great reminder that we want to be pursuing what God wants for us. So we're going to look at one verse. And then we're going to talk about what, how, why, and when we're going to ask these key questions. Okay, does that make sense? Everybody with me so far? Great. If you have a Bible or a device, I want you to find Ephesians chapter 5. We're going to look at verse 17. Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 17. Before I read this, I will say I'm pulling it out of a greater context. This is a letter written to a church. And to these individuals, the writer is saying, here's how you can honor God with your life. Here's how you can be a bright light. Here's how you can make a difference everywhere that you go. And one of the things that you can do is what we find here in verse 17, which says this, don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. Don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. Let's all say this verse together. Ready? Don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. One more time. Don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. Great verse, isn't it? Sounds encouraging. Like, all right, I'm not supposed to be thoughtless. I need to understand. I need to know what it is that God wants me to do. That all sounds great. Uh, let's dive into some of these Greek words here because I find these to be absolutely fascinating. The word act here, if you look at it, it actually means to become. The word thoughtlessly means foolish. The word understand means be intelligent or have the capacity to know what it is that you're doing. And the word want means purpose. So act means become. Thoughtlessly indicates foolishness. The word understand means we need to be intelligent about something. And the word want equals purpose. So we could paraphrase that to say this. Don't become foolish, but be intelligent about God's purpose. 
All right, if you really dig underneath all of these words, that's what it's saying. Don't become foolish, but be intelligent about God's purpose, or we could just state it exactly as it says in verse 17. Don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. I want you to know that over the past five years here at Valley Point, our leadership has worked tirelessly to live out Ephesians 5.17. We have worked really hard at this. And the reason we have worked hard at this verse is we do not want to be unintelligent about what God wants us to accomplish. We believe that God has given us something specifically to do, and we don't want to wander about that. We don't want to be in the dark about that. We want to have vision clarity about what God wants us to do. And we have wrestled with this. We have prayed over it continuously. We have put this to language and we have refined it and we have tweaked it. And we will continue to do that as we mature and grow because we want to be living out Ephesians chapter 5, verse 17. Don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. Practically, we live out Ephesians 5.17. Practically, we live that out by asking these questions. What are we doing? How do we do those things? Why do we do those things? And when will we know that we're winning and we're succeeding? What are we doing How do we do that? Why do we do those things? And when will we know? So let's walk through our vision map together. Let's ring the bell of clarity. I would encourage you to take out your talk notes. You should already have those out because you filled in the big idea. So you've got it right there. Look, we already drew in the first two arrows to make it really simple for you. I want to encourage you to get a writing utensil and you just begin to write everything down that you possibly can inside that circle, outside that circle. Use your clothing, use your skin, whatever you got to use to write all of this down. I would really encourage you to do this because, again, it's important for us to know. What are we doing? How do we do that? Why are we doing it that way? And when will we know that we're succeeding? So you got your arrows there. Let's start with the first question, which is what is our mission? What is our mission? And you can draw in all of these clouds and you can get as creative as you want to, whatever your preference is. The first question is what? Well, our mission, and hopefully you have heard this in your time here at Valley Point, Our mission is pointing people to real relationships and real significance. We kind of shorten that to say we're all about real relationships and real significance. Real relationships and real significance. We want everybody who walks through the doors of this place to know that you can have a real and lasting and purposeful relationship with God. That is possible for every single person. It doesn't matter who you are or what has happened in your life journey. You can know God in a purposeful, lasting, meaningful way. You can have a real relationship with God when you trust in Jesus alone to rescue you. When you don't add anything to that, when you simply trust, this is how we enter into a forever relationship with God. And we want everybody who comes to this place to know You can have a real relationship with God that lasts, that is forever. And wow, what an incredible thought. 
God, the inventor, the creator, the one who sees all and knows all, he actually desires to know me. I know what I'm like, and I know what I do, and I know how I think, but yet God wants to know me in a personal way, and it's the same for you. God wants to know you. He wants to have a real relationship with you, and we want everybody who comes to Valley Point to know. From the youngest attender all the way on up to our oldest attender, it is possible for you to have a real friendship with God. You can enjoy that. Beyond that, we want everybody here to know you can have a real relationship with other people as well. And when we connect in a faith community like Valley Point Church, it opens the door for opportunities for us to get to know other people who are seeking to do some of the same things. And we can have a real relationship with those individuals. We can know them and be known by them. We can love them and receive love from them. A real relationship with people. I think our world is starving for relationships with other human beings that are meaningful. And I believe the church offers that. It offers it better than any other place possible. And so, again, we want everybody to know, walking through the doors, you can have a real and lasting friendship with God. That's possible. But you can also have a real and lasting friendship with other people. Outside of that, everybody's been given one life. I have one life. You have one life. You can do something significant with that life to make an impact for eternity on the people in your home, on the people in your community. That is absolutely possible for you. So real significance is something that awaits each and every one of us. And what we're doing here at Valley Point Church, what we're trying to accomplish is pointing people to real relationships and real significance. That's our first question. Here's the next question. How do we accomplish that? Because that sounds good and that sounds nice. But how is it that we actually accomplish this? Well, there are three ways. And I will say that we pour all of our time and our creativity and our passion all of our budgeting into these three areas. So there's a lot of stuff that we could be doing as a church. But we have intentionally decided that we're going to pour our time and our effort, our passion, our creativity, our money into these three areas to worship, to connect, and to go. Worship, connect, and go. Worship, connect, and go. Again, a lot of things that we could be doing as a church, we say no to a lot of stuff so that we can worship, connect, and go. Worship. This is where we grow a relationship with God. And when we respond to Him and to His greatness, we're growing that friendship with Him. Connect. This is where we grow relationships with others. When we have the opportunity in a group or in a volunteer situation when we have this opportunity to connect with the people around us, we're growing relationships with people. And then the word go. This is where we do significant things. And maybe that's here on a Sunday. Or you volunteer and you're on a team and you're doing significant things within this building. Or maybe it's on a love day when we go out into the communities around us and we love and serve without expecting anything in return. We're going, or maybe it's when you're on a compassion trip 
and you're going to Russia or the Dominican Republic or wherever it is that God takes us. Again, this is the opportunity to go or as our vision map says, where we do significant things. Again, we could be doing a lot of other things as a church. And by the way, different churches do different things, and that's their call and their responsibility before God. I go back to Ephesians 5.17. We don't want to be foolish about what God wants us to do. We have prayed over this, we have wrestled with it, and we're pouring our time and effort into worshiping and connecting and going. This answers the how of the what. Again, the what is pointing people to real relationships and real significance. How do we do that? We do three things around here. It's really simple. We worship, we connect, and we go. Now, why do we do these things? Because again, we could be doing other stuff. Why do we do these things? Well, it's because we value a few things. For those of you in the corporate world, you might see these things as core values We consider it the why here at Valley Point Church, and we would say that we value truth, people, generosity, and location. So if you cut Valley Point open, this is what we bleed. Truth, people, generosity, and location. Let's just think through that. Truth. We are passionate about following Jesus and applying biblical truth so it makes a difference in how we live. Truth is a big deal around here, and that's why every single week, just about, we open up God's Word. And what does it say to us? And what does God want us to know? And how can we obey Him in greater ways, in deeper ways? This is why we unpack a verse or unpack a paragraph, because we want to know truth. We want to know what God expects of us. And so we're passionate about following Jesus and applying biblical truth so that it actually impacts our lives. All right? We also value people. We deliberately create environments where relationships can thrive because everyone matters. This is one of the things I love about Valley Point Church is we value people. We don't stand at the door and ask people questions about who they are and what they believe and where they have come from. It doesn't matter. There's a seat available for everybody here. And yes, we're going to unpack truth. And yes, there might be some hard sayings of Jesus that we need to wrestle with. But we value all people. And we deliberately work to create these environments where relationships can thrive because everybody matters. Everybody matters. I think you find that in Scripture over and over again. When you find Jesus interacting with people, you just get the sense that everybody matters to him and they are important and valuable in spite of who they are and what they've done. And so we want to live the same kind of way. We value people here. We also value generosity, meaning we intentionally use our time and resources to meet needs in our community and around the world. We're not afraid to ask for big things. We're not afraid to set big goals like Real Home or a Christmas initiative to say this is what we anticipate God wants from us and let's all pray over what we can give and how we can share financially. Or here's a volunteer need and here's a way that you can use your time and your talent to make a difference. We're really excited about generosity 
both financially and individually, our time and our talents and our resources. We believe we should hold all of that with open hands because it's given to us by God anyway. It belongs to him. It's not ours. So when we understand that everything has been given to us by God, we can just hold it like this and actively invite God to take from us knowing that he will fill. That's just the way God works. So we value generosity. We also value our location, meaning we love our neighbors and seek to be a joyous presence where we live, work, and play. Can I just say, it doesn't seem like there's a lot of joy out in the world right now. (laughs) Maybe I'm the only one who notices this. It doesn't seem like there's a lot of joy out there, a lot of arguing and fighting and disagreeing, and it's just exhausting at times. Just imagine for a moment if there was a group of Jesus followers who were willing to set aside their differences to just say, you know what, we love our location. We love the communities around us so much that we want to be a joyous presence where we live, work, and play. I think God is doing that with so many of us, and we value this here. We want to see more of it. So why do we do all of the things that we do? Why do we worship and connect and go? Why do we pour all of our time, passion, and resources into those three areas? Well, it's because we value truth, people, generosity, and location. Now, you need to know this. We're not a perfect church. We're not. If you're looking for a perfect church, you will be very disappointed here. You will be, because we're not a perfect church. I'm not a perfect leader. If I haven't already, at some point, I will disappoint you. That's going to happen. And we disappoint each other all of the time, don't we? But here's something else that I see happening here, which is thrilling and exhilarating. I see imperfection, but I also see forgiveness and grace and compassion and kindness. We extend forgiveness. We give all of this as we seek to worship, connect, and go because we value truth, people, generosity, and location. That brings us to our final question, and that is when. When will we know that we're winning? When will we know that we're successful? Well, first of all, it's when worship is a lifestyle. When worship is something more than just a few moments on Sunday, when it becomes a lifestyle, which means I will respond to the greatness of God who saved me by grace through his son Jesus. Now, for each one of these, I want to give you a very practical action step. And you should be writing all of this down. You really should be. Because if we want to win, if we want to be successful then I think this is what we should be doing based on what we find in Scripture and all of this tucked into our vision map. I want to succeed as a follower of Jesus. I desperately want that. And I think all of you want that as well. I think you do. So here's the action step for worship being a lifestyle. It's I will spend at least one period of the week listening to God through His Word And one period, learning about his son Jesus in community with other people. That's the action step there. 
I will spend one period of the week learning about God and one period learning about Jesus in community with other people. I try to say this often. If the only time you are feeding yourself spiritually is here on Sunday morning, you will starve spiritually. You won't make it. You won't survive. 60 minutes is not enough. And so throughout the week, on our own and in community with other people, we need to be feeding ourselves. We need to be feasting on God's word and discovering what it says to us individually, but also in groups with other people. And I believe that when we do this, worship becomes a lifestyle. We're responding to the greatness of God on more than one day. By the way, that's all that worship is. Responding to the greatness of God. Occasionally saying, wow, or holy cow, or you're incredible. Whenever we're responding to the greatness of God, we're saying that he is worth it. And that is worship. And again, we need to be doing that on more than just Sunday. So we're winning when we find that happening on Monday through Saturday. What a great thing. When you as an individual or you with a small group of other believers are recognizing, you know what, it's a Tuesday, and here I am responding to the greatness of God. Worship has become a lifestyle for me. I'm winning. Yes, that's a good thing. All right, number two, it's when connect is a priority, which means this, I will selflessly build relationships because everyone matters. Now, here's the action step for that. I will choose to regularly engage. And here's some practical ways you can regularly engage with people. Hospitality. Using your home. Which, remember, isn't your home. It's God's home. He's the one who gave that to you. So you're giving that up a little bit to say, I want to be hospitable. I want to share a meal with somebody. One of the crazy things you discover when you dive into the Gospels and the life of Jesus is that over and over and over again, he's eating with people. He's just sharing a common meal. There's something about when we share a meal with other people, that walls come down, it's beautiful, and I believe this helps us to connect. What about a great conversation with somebody? And maybe it's about something spiritual, maybe it's not. I don't know if that necessarily matters all of the time, but we're just engaging with people instead of running past them and ignoring them and shutting the garage door and ignoring the people that God has placed into our world. What about praying for somebody? Some of the most meaningful conversations that I've had with people are when I have the chance to call them or connect with them here at church or somewhere else to say, you know what, I I saw your prayer request And I want you to know that I'm lifting that up and I'm praying for you or for whatever that need may be. My goodness, that just opens the door up for all kinds of good things. So the action step that lives out, connect as a priority, is I will choose to regularly engage hospitality, conversations, meals, prayer with people inside and outside the church. That's important. I'm going to choose to regularly engage with people inside and outside the church in order to grow my relationships. And when we find ourselves doing those things, we're winning, we're succeeding, and that's great. 
And everyone in here should smile at least a little bit. You look a little grumpy this morning. Everybody doing all right? Okay, here we go. Number three, it's when go is a passion. When go is a passion, which means, by the way, have you noticed we've brought back worship, connect, and go? So we don't want to invent a bunch of new language. Worship, connect, and go is how we accomplish the what. It also speaks to when we're succeeding. Let's go back to those things. Let's not create a bunch of stuff nobody's going to remember and nobody will do. Let's just go back and say, let's make worship a lifestyle. Let's make connect a priority. And how about go being a passion, which means I will leave a legacy. Does that sound good to anybody? My life, right? Significance. I will leave a legacy through my time, my talents, and my resources by living as one sent. Not as one selfish, but as one sent. And here's the action step that lives this. I will selflessly serve inside and outside the church. Right? So there's that inside-outside thing again. With people inside the church, with people outside the church. So I will selflessly serve inside the church and outside the church in order to live the gospel, which is the good news about Jesus that he came and he lived and he died and he rose again for all of us. So I'm going to selflessly serve inside the church and outside the church in order to live the gospel and surprise and delight other people through a passionate, outward-focused faith community. That's what go looks like. And when we find ourselves doing this, we're winning, we're succeeding. And that's a great thing. So this is the entire vision map of Valley Point Church. What are we doing? Well, we're pointing people to real relationships and real significance. How do we do that? We worship, we connect, and go. Why do we do those things? It's because we value truth, people, generosity, and location. And when do we know that we're succeeding? It's when worship is a lifestyle. It's when connect is a priority. It's when go is a passion. I call that vision clarity. And when there's clarity on the vision, there is a lot that you can accomplish. Which takes us back to Ephesians 5.17. Don't act thoughtlessly, but understand, know, have clarity on what God wants you to do. Again, as part of the leadership here, we are desperately trying to live out Ephesians 5.17 by diving into our vision map. By the way, here's what else vision clarity does. It unifies us. And when you have unity as an organization, there's a lot of joy as well. And one of the things that I also love about Valley Point is I think there's a lot of joy here, which tells me that there's a tremendous amount of unity as well. And I thank God for that. Actually, once a week, on one of the days, I have a prayer journal for each day. And on one of the days, I pray for the unity of Valley Point Church. And just about every week when I lift that prayer up, I say thank you to God for giving us an incredible amount of unity. I've been involved in other churches. I've worked there. Most churches, and I'm not trying to be mean here, but most churches seem to be a hodgepodge of people who hate each other. (laughs) Right? That's just what happens there. And that's sad and unfortunate and 
we're responsible for Valley Point Church, all right? So we don't have to worry about other places. We want to help and serve and do everything we can, but we're responsible for what happens here. Well, as God has given us vision clarity, as we have worked hard to say we don't want to be thoughtless, we don't want to be foolish about where God is taking us, we want to understand his purpose and his will. We've developed this what, how, and why, and when, and in the process of this, there has been a tremendous amount of unity, and that is a great thing. It's a great thing. Let's keep praying for that and fighting for that, okay? I've got one takeaway for you. You've already heard it. The takeaway is live the map. That was our big idea. I'm bringing it back for our takeaway Live the map. We've been talking about that. Now I want to leave you with this challenge. Live the map. Live the map. Live the map. So three years ago, in March of 2014, we started a journey as a church that I don't know if we understood exactly where that was going to take us. We had hopes and dreams and we said it's time for us to build a future real home. We can't meet in a middle school forever even though it's been 12 years, it's been a long time, we can't do this forever. And so God planted that burden in our hearts to say it's time to do something. And I walked through that timeline with you a couple of weeks ago about where God has brought us. And three years ago, in March of 2014, we gathered as a church. And some of you were a part of that. Some of you have come in on it. Some of you are brand new to Valley Point. We're, glow- we're so glad that you're here and thankful that you're a part of what God is doing here now. But three years ago, we started this journey to say it's time. And we set a big goal. And I didn't know if we'd be able to meet that goal. I didn't know if we'd be able to keep moving forward. But along the way, here's what's happened. People sacrificed People gave, people said no to some other things so that they could be a part of building a real home and part of the special work that God is doing in and through all of us. And here we are today under construction, 36 Sundays away from a future real home. And again, you got to step back from all of that and say, only God. Only God. Only God. The gracious hand of God is here. And as we keep moving forward, we don't want to act thoughtlessly about what God wants us to do. We want to understand his purpose. So let's live the map. Let's live the map. And as we conclude this three-year journey, Tanya and I have some thoughts that we want to share with you. So let's watch this. Since March 2014, we have been on an extraordinary journey. Some of you have been part of all of it. Some of you have been part of a portion of it. Some of you are brand new. Here we are, together, a family. We're stepping into a season that we have never experienced. Think about that. We're doing something special. Tanya and I are so thankful for you and proud to be part of this with you. I know when this journey began in 2014, it was kind of scary. We were attempting something that was difficult. 
moving back to our property on the Bethel Road campus in Glen Mills. It was going to take a tremendous amount of sacrifice and generosity. Part of our story is that people responded. It was incredible and something that we should remember. From our youngest to oldest attenders, a real home now awaits. I think of Valley Point's youngest attender. She has a church home. She'll grow up learning about God's love. She'll be surrounded by caring people who will help and encourage her. She will come to understand that nothing is impossible for God because it's part of her church's story. She gets to grow up in this place. All of this is possible because people sacrificed. I think of some of our oldest attenders, those who helped establish this church in 1971 and those who came along shortly after that. They have a church home again. They understand God's love. They have been surrounded by caring people who have helped and encouraged them. They know that nothing is impossible with God because it's part of their church's story. They get to enjoy a home and know that it will exist beyond them for their families, for all families. All of this is possible because people sacrificed. It is our hope and prayer that this journey has deepened your faith and trust in God. It's happened for our family throughout this real home experience. We've tried hard to help our kids know that church is something we're sacrificing for. Your time, energy, and money. We will all sacrifice for something. Why not the church? Why not something that will outlive us? We've learned to say no to things so that we can be a part of something special. The real home journey is something that we will never forget. We began this in 2014 asking the question, will we have the courage to reach the thousands of people around us with our generosity to help Valley Point build a real home? And here we are under construction with a new tool that helps us point people to real relationships and real significance. It will help us to use our passion, creativity, and resources to meet needs in the surrounding communities. It will help us to be a joyous presence where we live, work, and play. To all who have given, thank you. To all who have sacrificed, thank you. To all who have said no to something so you could fulfill a commitment, thank you. Your sacrifice, your generosity matters. Your generosity is part of our bigger story of God's work going forward and changing lives through a place called Valley Point Church. So now what? Well, let's keep being a bright light. Let's keep loving others. Let's keep striving to be a generous, life-giving community. Let's keep being the church. Thanks for listening. If you call Valley Point Church home or would like to make a donation, please go to valleypointchurch.com and click online giving. If you're in need of prayer, we would love to serve you in that way. Please reach out to us at prayer at valleypointchurch.com.